Hey guys, and welcome to True Crime Tuesday here on Spill the Tea with B&T. I'm your host, Brooke. And I'm your host, Tori, and we want to say this episode does contain graphic content such as descriptions of crime scenes, violence, and sexual assault. If any of these topics upset you, please click off. So today's case is actually about the Lululemon murder. So Lululemon is a retail chain that sells workout gear mostly for women. They are very high-end, and right now their current cheapest leggings are $69, and they are on sale for half off. So that gives you guys an idea of how much pricier they are, at least to the normal middle-class people like us. The store we are going to talk about today was located in Bethesda, Maryland. So it was March 11th, 2011. A worker named Rachel arrived for her shift at Lululemon and discovered the door unlocked. Then, as she entered the store, she saw that things were knocked over and it was just a mess. So she went outside to call police, but there was actually a crowd of people at the neighboring Apple store waiting for the launch of the iPad 2. So she went around to all of them, asking if they'd seen anything suspicious or just seen anyone hanging around the Lululemon store that morning. And they all confirmed that they hadn't. Even the people that were there for hours hadn't seen anything. So one man actually in the line volunteered to go check out the store with Rachel. So as they looked around the store, they noticed that the cash registers were empty, along with the safe that was open. So the further back they got in the store, they began to see blood. The man that came to the store with Rachel followed the blood trail, and it led him to a dead body, lying in a pool of blood. He started walking back to Rachel when he heard a noise coming from the bathroom. When he entered the bathroom, he saw another person zip-tied up and covered in blood. He sees that she's breathing, so he rushes over to Rachel, who is on the phone with police, and tell her they need an ambulance now. Rachel realizes the two people he had just found may be the two women who were closing last night, Brittany Norwood and Jaina Murray. When police arrived at the scene, they saw Brittany Norwood, who, like we said, had cuts all over her head and a large forehead wound. They noticed her hands and feet were zip-tied, and she had a shirt tied around her neck. The crotch area of her leggings had also been cut, which led them to think that there was a sexual assault. When they went to examine Jaina Murray, they discovered that she was, in fact, deceased. When examining a crime scene, they found an almost empty toolbox on top of Jaina's body. A wrench, a hammer, and two box cutters from the toolbox were found throughout the crime scene with blood all over them. The blood spatter on the wall surrounding Jaina's body was almost six feet high. There was blood leading to the fire exit door and on it, but no blood outside of the door, leading the investigators to believe that maybe one woman tried to escape through it. When the autopsy of Jaina's body was done, they determined at least 331 different wounds on her body. They include self-defense wounds, blunt force trauma, stab wounds, and ligature marks around her neck. They say at least 331 wounds because with that many wounds to the body, it's hard to tell whether there were repeated wounds in one spot so they can determine there was at least the 331. Gina had suffered a brutal attack. They said all the weapons that were found outside of the toolbox were used on her. The saddest part is she was alive until the very last blow, which is a stab wound to the back of her neck. In honor of Jaina, we do want to talk about her life and tell you a little bit about her. Her parents described her as having a megawatt smile. She was extremely athletic, smart, and adventurous. She was always found outdoors, and at the time of her death, she was actually going to school and getting two different degrees, one in business and the other in communications. One of the most heart-wrenching parts of the story is that her longtime boyfriend was planning to propose to her but she passed away before he ever got the chance. 
So police went to examine Brittany. The cuts on her body were all slashed like wounds and not stab wounds, and they were all superficial. Police wanted to question her and see why Jaina had such a brutal attack, but she had made it out with minor injuries. That's when Brittany told them the horrifying story of what happened that night. She said that she and Jaina had closed up the store that night when Jaina went on her way to her car and Brittany went to the subway to go home. But she had actually realized that she had left her Metro card in the store. She had only worked at the store for six weeks, so she didn't have any keys or Jaina's number. She had to call her co-workers who finally gave her Jaina's number. When she called Jaina and asked for her to come back to the store, Jaina had agreed. Jaina came back and parked her car right out front of the store and let Brittany inside to get her card. Brittany was actually unable to find her card after an amount of time and Jaina said she could go ahead and borrow hers and just give it back to her the next day at the store. They go to leave the store and they see that the door was open. It was then that two masked men came out and grabbed the women. She said one man grabbed Jaina while the other took herself, Brittany. Brittany claims that she doesn't see Jaina after this because a man had taken her to the back of the store. She describes that a man who attacked her made her take all the cash out of the register and drag her back to the store when she had finished. She said that once she was back there, a man had zip-tied her and tortured her with razor slashes and beatings. During this, she could hear Jaina screams from the other room. At one point, he cut her leggings and sexually assaulted her. She said that once her attacker was done, he dragged her and threw her on top of Jaina's dead body. She was told then that she was only going to be spared because she was, quote-unquote, more fun. They dragged her back to the bathroom and left her there. Police were horrified by the story and wasted no time trying to gather as much information as they could. They even offered a reward for information on the two masked men that Brittany described. They also started questioning the neighboring stores to see if they had any information at all. One girl from the Apple store actually said she did hear noises that night that sounded like screaming and banging, so she described. The noises went on for so long that she even heard a woman's voice say, God help me and please don't do this. Eventually, she approached a security guard and told him to come inside the store and listen to what was going on. The security guard just banged on the wall and the noise stopped. Neither of them called the police. When police investigated further, they found Jaina's car, which Brittany said was parked out front, was now parked three blocks away, with both girls' blood in it. Surveillance footage was also found of two men walking down the street who looked just like Brittany had described the time of the attack. The police felt like they were making progress with this case very quickly. Police began surveillance of the area to see if they could catch anything suspicious. One night, an officer actually did when he saw the two men that they had seen in the video that matched the description Brittany gave. He talked to the men and showed them the footage from the night of the murders, and they admitted it was them. However, however, they also had an alibi. They worked at a restaurant just down the street and actually were both at work at the time of the murders. Now their biggest lead in the case was a dead end. Police needed more leads. That's when they started looking into the girls' background to see if they could see who could have harmed these girls. Random attacks, especially ones so brutal, are extremely uncommon. That's when they discovered Brittany had a dark past. She grew up one of nine children from a middle-to-upper-class family. Like Jaina, she was also athletic and played sports. It was actually on a sports team. Her teammates caught her stealing and kicked her off. This wasn't the last time Brittany would do this. She was said to have scammed her friends and stole from families she babysat for and left services without paying. She once even got her hair done and left telling the woman that she had gotten her money stolen at the salon and didn't have any money to pay her. The woman was kind enough to say, okay, you can pay me in a week or so, but of course, Brittany never did. They also found out Brittany had actually worked at a different Lululemon location just before this one. They found out she had been stealing and had her transferred to the Lululemon she was working at when the attack happened. Many people who had encounters with her described her as a kleptomaniac. She even broke into an ex-boyfriend's house and stole his stuff, 
along with his new girlfriend's things. He eventually had to get a restraining order, which she repeatedly broke. Police brought Rachel, the employee who found the girls, back that morning in for questioning. It was then that they found out that the bloody shoe prints in the store were actually Lululemon property shoes. So this left police wondering, why would the attacker switch shoes with the display shoes in the store and switch back into their shoes before leaving? They left a bloody crime scene with a lot of evidence. Why worry about switching the shoes? They also wanted to see if Britney's kleptomania personality had shown at her time employed at the store. That's when Rachel said that it actually had, and it was a serious problem. She abused store discounts and was even caught stealing from the store and other employees. It even got so bad that in the six short weeks that she worked there, there was a meeting held with Rachel, Jaina, and the store manager who agreed to give her one more chance. It was actually a it was actually a coincidence because the day before the murder, Jaina called Rachel and told her that Brittany refused to do the normal protocol of checking their purse before leaving the store. They agreed to have another meeting about Brittany in a few days, but that wouldn't happen because the brutal attacks happened only the next day. Police were now incredibly suspicious of Brittany. New incriminating evidence came out proving maybe Brittany was a suspect. They found a hat inside of Jaina's car that had a bloodstain on the forehead area. Brittany's wound matched the bloodstain inside of the hat. They also found on the zip ties she was tied up with teeth marks, indicating she possibly used her teeth to pull the zip ties around her wrist. They decided to bring her in for questioning. This is where she would claim the attackers actually forced her to drive Brittany's car and drive it away, and then walk back to the store and tie herself up. Obviously, the problem with this is why would you voluntarily walk back to the store instead of going to get help? After the questioning, they let Brittany's brother come in and speak to her. This is where she would claim the attackers actually forced her to drive Brittany's car, leave it there, and walk back to the store and tie herself up. Obviously, the problem with this is why would you voluntarily walk back to the store instead of going to get help? After the questioning, they let Brittany's brother come in and speak to her. He asked her, did you do it? She repeatedly denied this until finally said, I don't want to talk about this here. That, along with all the evidence, was enough for police to finally charge her. In court, Brittany's defense claimed that she was insane. Which the argument of being insane after injuring someone over 300 times does seem understandable. The prosecution's theory is that Brittany found out Jaina had been having meetings about her. She lured her back to the store that night and intended to either confront her or it led to a fight or maybe she had just intended to kill her all along. They argued she can't use the insane defense because the attack lasted at least 17 minutes and even after that, she got Jaina's car and moved it and then came back and tied herself up and waited to be found for hours. How in all that time she did not realize what she was doing was awful. Jaina's family was devastated to find out Brittany was behind the attack. She was the only person who knew what Jaina had gone through. They felt so bad for Brittany the whole time, thinking she was traumatized and heartbroken over their daughter's death, when in reality, she caused it. She was sentenced to life in prison without parole, never letting anyone know her true motive for the brutal attack. So, what do you think, Brooke? Do you think that she was actually insane, or do you think that this was something that she planned all along? I have a theory that not a lot of other people agree with. I don't think she went to the store to confront Jaina and it led to a fight. I think that all along it was premeditated murder, and maybe not like weeks of planning, but I definitely think that day maybe um, she had just had enough. And so it, we actually didn't mention it in the podcast. So Brittany actually had a job interview the next day for her dream job, which was a personal trainer. And I think maybe she was worried that having, I mean, she was already fired from one Lululemon for theft and having that second one on her record would 
put a bump in her road or, you know, a bump in her plans. So she decided that she had to do what was best for Brittany and that was take Jaina out, which obviously no normal sane person would do. But obviously she is not normal or right in the head and she definitely deserves to spend the rest of her life behind bars. Okay, so my theory, I think is, it's not even the theory, but so my thoughts on this is I think the only reason I think that it wasn't a premeditated attack is because she called around to the coworkers and asked for Jaina's number. Like we mentioned earlier, she couldn't get her Metro card and so she called all her coworkers to get Jaina's number so she can go back to the store. I do think she may have confronted her or planned to confront her and scare her and maybe it got out of hand. I'm not sure if it's premeditated. I'm not totally sold, but I mean, I wouldn't put it past her. This was a horrific attack, but I definitely think the insane defense, I think she's got mental issues for sure. You can't do that to somebody without having some something not right. But as far as, you know, the insanity plea, like the prosecution said, she did this for 17 minutes. If you sat in silence for 17 minutes, you would realize how long that really is, how long it takes to beat somebody, stab somebody, do all the things she did. She even, we don't go into great detail about the sexual assault that she did to herself with a coat hanger, but to do all of that, like there's something not right with you, but she really thought this through. She moved the car. She did this for so long. I really think that she's not insane. She's just got some some problems, but she definitely knew what she was doing the whole time. And the fact that she sat there for hours, you you would realize it eventually if it was something that was just out of passion. And I also think that it is important to mention that, I mean, she had everyone fooled. Poor Jana Murray's family had just lost their daughter, their friend, their you know, girlfriend, their loved one. And at the same time, while they're mourning their loss of Jaina, they're also mourning Brittany and the loss that she's taken because this whole time they're thinking this poor girl was there that entire time. You know, she lived and she's going to have that trauma. And then she's, you know, making up this wild story to police and her siblings even asked her, like, just did you do it? Like, we need to know so we can back you up. We're not going to turn you in. We just need to know. And, but when she was in prison... All of her phone calls were about how she looked. Like she was complaining that she couldn't get her hair and her nails done and things like that. Not, I can't believe I murdered a woman. I took her life for no reason. She didn't care. She never, it never once came across her mind that what she did was wrong. And I don't know, there's really no updates on what she's doing now, but I don't know if it ever has. Honestly, it would be really interesting to see like, what really was her motive? Did she plan to go there? Did she, did it all happen just by chance? Was all the cards lined up just right for the terrible tragedy that happened? I mean, it would be really interesting to know, and I think it would be helpful for future cases. Like, I can't believe all that happened, but I think the police work, I just want to say, researching this case, it was amazing. Like, this all happened, the whole, them finding the video of the two guys, the whole thing, interviewing, you know, interviewing Brittany and doing their entire investigation, eliminating suspects, getting the evidence from her car. It all happened within a week. All of this was a week. I think that is really unheard of to be able to have a lead, lose that lead, get a whole new lead, do all this background, get all the evidence. And I think that was actually like really awesome. It's really actually nice to see them doing such a good job so quick and so thorough. I'm really glad that she was brought to justice because like you said, having her lie to 
to poor Jaina's family thinking that, you know, she's the only other person that knows the horrible things Jaina went through. It's just, it's sick. And with that being said, we are going to end today's episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. And thank you guys for all the support we've gotten on the podcast so far. We have definitely had a lot of people reach out and tell us their thoughts. We definitely, you know, appreciate you guys sticking with us. And we, and we can't wait to see you on our next episodes. Thanks guys.